This message is brought to you by The Covenant Nation. All right, let's um, take our confession. One to go. As I said to listen to the word of God today, a door of utterance has been opened unto us, and I hear the voice of God clearly speaking to me. This is the way to go, work ye in it. I listen under the influence of the Spirit of God, and I'm not distracted by anything or anyone. The word of God is food to my spirit. I am strengthened by it this morning. It is wine to my heart, creating joy within me. It is oil to my face, causing my life to shine, giving me victory in everything that I do. As my eyes make contact with the scriptures used in this message, the Spirit of God opens new things to me. He also brings to my remembrance things Jesus once showed me. I come to understand God's system on the earth, and I receive instruction encouragement, correction, and enablement to live out God's will. Amen. All right, I want to continue uh, teaching on uh, the subject of the love of God that is defined uh, in Greek as agape love, or what is called an unconditional type of love. We said there are four Greek words that can be translated or is translated as love in English. Uh, the first one is eros, which is a physical kind of attraction between the opposite sex. And then you have storage, which is a family affection, which is the kind of affection you find among members of the same family. Brother, sisters, father, mother, that type of love. And then the third is called filio or filia, which is friendly attachment, or I being fond of a person, or you are in friendly terms, all right, with that particular person. And then the final one is what is called agape. And all these other three are emotional, or they are expressions of emotions, and therefore they are subject to change, depending on the way in which the recipients of that love respond or react to that individual. If recipients of that love react or respond all right, in a way that um, um, it affects the, the emotions of the person who is showing it, then it can get contaminated. And that's what we have, uh, all right, in scriptures that even the first mother that ever happened on the earth happened between brothers who were supposedly, all right, or had that kind of affection there. So everything has to be on, on the guarded by what is called agape, which we have defined as an unconquerable benevolence. In other words, it is goodwill towards people that cannot be defeated. It overcomes 
the fluctuations in emotions when a person is treated wrongly or perceives something from that individual to constantly, without change, seek the highest good of people around they are connected to. And as we said, their benevolent attitude towards them cannot be conquered. That's what we have in God where the scripture says, he causes rain to fall upon the unthankful and even the evil person. Unthankful and the evil person. So it's unconquerable um, and benevolence. It's an attitude. It is not an expression of an, of an emotion, but it's based on a decision, a, a, a quality decision that I'm going to live my life seeking the highest good of every single person, and I will not take offense and allow myself to be bitter, get bitter, by any treatment that I receive from anyone, I will override that uh, through faith and still work in agape towards every single person. And that's what it means to lay down your life. Uh, when the Bible says that, greater love hath no man than this, uh, than to lay down his life, for his friends, he's talking about overriding the emotions there and the feelings of offense there and still seek the highest good of the person. So we also said, and well, this was during the week, that this love is expressed, all right, to four categories of people after this order. That's agape. Agape must be expressed first within the family. If you do not, all right, express love to members of your own family, and you don't work in forgiveness to members of your own family, and you don't express their unconditional love within your own family, then there's no chance you're going to express it in the church. There's no chance you're going to express it to strangers, and there's absolutely no chance you're going to express it, all right, to enemies there. And in ranking, because God ranks things, uh, he tells us, be good to all men, especially those of the household of faith. So he prioritizes it there. And then when it comes to the family, he talked about, all right, people, the way they treat their parents, widows, all right, he said, if any man doesn't provide for his own, that's the widow, all right, supporting uh, their parents there. Yeah? It says he is worse than an infidel and has denied the faith. That's a very strong statement. In other words, if you don't show this love here to people that are in need inside your own family, it says then that person has literally de de denied, renounced what the faith of Christ really is all about. And that person, even though that person can be coming to church and be singing, is actually worse than an infidel who has never, I mean, that's how strong that statement is there. So it's very important is shown there, starting at home. Then we said it goes to the uh, brotherhood there, which means you show it within uh, the church and demonstrate it in church. Then the third is to your neighbors. And, and they ask, who is my neighbor? Right? Uh, they asked Jesus once, who then is my neighbor? And he told the story, powerful story of the good Samaritan. 
And, and that tells us who our neighbor is, which means the neighbor is actually a stranger that was in need, and you are sensitive to the need of the stranger, and you helped that person in that particular situation there. It says that person becomes your neighbor. Now, in that account, this is not my teaching today, all right, we find that there were two individuals that went past the man who was robbed, all right, and left half dead. The first one was a priest. Put up Luke chapter 10 and verse 28. The first one was a priest, meaning a religious person. All right, he answered, thou art answered right. This do and you shall live also. Verse 29, and he willing to justify himself to Jesus, said, who is my neighbor? And then Jesus told the story of a man that went from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves. They stripped him of his raiment, they wounded him, departed, leaving him half dead. Verse 31, and by chance. Now, Jesus was particular to mention that it was religious people that he attend to this person. Bible carriers on their way to church. Do you see what we're saying here? It wasn't just a common, it was a common ordinary person who responded right. And he says, put it, by chance there came down a certain priest by the way and he saw him. I said, well, I have to go and attend to my religious duties. I'm showing what is important to God. All right? Pass by on the other side. And then likewise, a Levite, another religious figure, was, when he was at the place, came, looked upon him and passed by all right, on the other side, and couldn't take the trouble of somebody else on their own shoulder, right? Which means it's selfishness and self-centeredness. And as we practice love, because the third person, the good Samaritan, this man must have been practicing this. The skill at which he approached, the precision there shows that he had been behaving this way, all right? This is, has been his culture and way of life. Because he got there, the scripture tells us, came where he was, went unto him, bound his wounds, poured in oil and wine, set him on his own base, brought him to an inn, took care of him, and did that. So we also have got to pray and, and ask God as we pray that this love abounds in us yet more and more in all knowledge and judgment, that this love, first of all, is expressed fully within the home. Uh, if you read the teachings of Paul, he will teach revelation in the first half of his letters, then switch to practical wisdom and the application of the things that he has taught. And the first area that Paul goes to in the practical application of the word of God is family. If you read it, the first thing, when he says, let the word of God dwell richly in you in all wisdom, he goes straight to family. Put up Colossians chapter 3 verse 18. You'll see it goes there. Let the word of God dwell which teaching others. All right, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart. Next verse. He now goes on. What will I do in the name of Lord giving thanks unto him? Next verse. Next thing just goes to straight. He goes straight into the family. He says, wives, behave this way to your husband. And then the next day he says, next day, husbands, love your wife. And that's his pattern. And then the next area he goes to is to the workplace. All right, children, obey. So he talks about children and parents also. All right. And then the next thing he goes to, fathers provoke. So he approaches, listen, study his letters. Once he finishes the theoretical part, which means the teaching there. In Ephesians, he did the same thing. He used the first three chapters to lay doctrinal foundation. Then he said, now here is the practical application. First area he goes to his family. 
After family, he says servant. All right, if you read on in Colossians, servant, he goes next to the workplace there. In other words, this is the next place where you are going to demonstrate, all right, your Christian faith there. So, very important, starts at home, all right, there's a saying, it's not inside the Bible like that, but it's scriptural, that charity begins where at home, is true, all right? So, you extend that now to the neighbor, all right, you are sensitive to the needs of other people, you help them, and you start practicing this in little things, not looking for some major wounded person. All right, which means somebody drops something near you and you help that person and take it. You start practicing. The Bible talks about being made perfect in love. In other words, you grow and you mature in it. So the first thing is not to put yourself in some dangerous position. All right, but little things here. All right, somebody is trying to put uh, their luggage away. You can see that, I mean, if you're a man and a lady, you can see that she's struggling. You help that particular person because that you, are, you have strength. That's an advantage you have. But you are sensitive right there, all right, to the needs of other people there. I mean, uh, funny enough, I'm just saying, it's just flashed there. I was boarding a flight, and it was quite uh, late. I was going, all right, to Abuja on Sunday. So, and it was the last flight. So, I, I boarded it, and they told us that, I mean, they told us. In fact, I had to be in Abuja, so I had three tickets. I got to the first one, because I, I said, because it's the last flight. Nobody must mess me up. So, I went to the first one. As I walked to the first counter, the guy just said, ah, this man, this, because I always fly with him. He said, sorry, sir, we've moved this flight from 5.30 p.m. to 8.45. I said, what? So, I already had a backup ticket. So, he said, well, you can check this other airline. I went there. I bought that one too. I said, today is today. First one that takes off, I will enter. All right? So finally, I called because one of the staff was going to. I said, because the one was in another time now. Is that one, is the plane on ground? She said, yes, the plane's on ground. Is the plane on ground there? Because I had that ticket too. So I crossed and got it. But to go long story short, so people were putting in their luggage and there were two ladies and they were struggling. So I helped them. All right? And as far as concerned, I was helping strangers. So I helped them and put the luggage and then I sat. And it's the roughest flight I've ever been domestic flight. I mean, they told us that the reason why they delayed the flight was that the weather was bad in Abuja. So finally, we took off. That's after 40 minutes. Oh, the plane shook, shook. It's really the worst I have ever been in domestic flight. But as we're about to land, we landed. So there were three ladies across there. One just turned and said, ah, pastor, we thank God. You know, this, my friend whispered that you're a pastor and that um, this plane can't crash because you are in the plane. That, that was the comfort that we had when the plane was shaking. But it just occurred to me that they knew who I was. Now, those little things count, all right? This is where our Christian faith, you may, you may think you are doing it, those things count, all right? Those things, I didn't do it because I felt I knew uh, they were pastors there, but I, they knew I was a pastor, but I just felt that these people are struggling, all right, with their luggage and um, doing that. So, little things, and you start with those things. That person becomes, all right, your neighbor. And the neighbor is not that somebody next door to you, but somebody that you see that this person has some little need in their life, and you begin to do those things. And you have to be sensitive, and there's a 
lot of pressure on the outside. People have so much pressure in terms of their own needs and they're so busy and all of that that they miss this pocket here of showing compassion here and there to people, helping people cross the road, helping somebody do something. Pockets there, all right, of compassion, all right, to people. Or even just see a person who is standing after service and looks like they don't know where they are going, all right. I mean, you can walk up to us and, and ask, I hope you do need help or anything. Just, just being sensitive to the, pre, to the presence of other people around you who may have pockets of need that are very easy, all right, for you to administer, all right, and help those people in those areas without um, doing, um, without any great um, or any, doing anything major. All right, then the last one is towards your enemies. And here is where the real Christian uh, agape is tested, all right, on the inner side of us. Now, I want to share a scripture here. Now, this is not my teacher. I haven't got to that. But I want to just quickly share a scripture in John chapter 15, verse 18 and verse 19. Because if, if this love is only among people where, you know, you like and like yourself back, the world also does that. Look at John chapter 15, verse 18 and 19. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Verse 19, if you are of the world, the world will love his own. Now, that word love there, used in Greek, is filio, not agape, because the world doesn't have the capacity to show and demonstrate the God kind of love. Put it up. So the love, all right, the world loves his own. But because you are not of the world and I've chosen you from the world, therefore the world hateth you. Now, what, what this can say is this. For example, if you, if you belong to a church and you decide that you are living, that you are leaving this church, it shows whether there's love inside this church. If I, our disposition towards you changes because you've left the church, then actually it wasn't agape we had for you, it was for you. Are you following what I'm saying here? Which means it was just some friendly attachment that we had so long as you were serving our purpose. Once you are no longer serving our own purpose, and that's the way the world is. Which means if you follow all right, our own purpose and you're pursuing and you're doing what we want and you're in alignment, then we will show you some affection. But the day you opt out of that, then we are going to demonstrate all right, hatred, which means you will see that something has changed there. So, and I, that's why I even like, I, honestly, I, I like covenant. I've observed people inside this church. If anybody leaves this church, they treat you exactly the same as though you were a member of this church. In this church, you get, a, you get away with a lot. Honestly, you actually get, I'm telling you the honest truth. I'm telling, I'm, I'm, deep down I look at it, you know, I see people that do things, all right? And people relate, they hug with them, they do programs, they go for the programs, nobody asks you, all right, anything. You know, they won't even ask you, they will, they will, even if you are, um, even, I've even seen places where the people, well, no, 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 let me get to that, we are not, we're we walking in love, let's not, let's not go anywhere. All right, so to override a feeling of offense, and that's why agape has, God's love has with. In other words, it's not narrow. It's not just something that is only for our homies here. This thing spreads. It starts in the family, gets proven and developed there. It moves into the church. All right, it extends out there on the street. But then it shows itself as being authentic there with enemies, which means people that treat you wrongly. All right, so you override that feeling of offense there. 
and seek the highest good of the people. Uh, the Christian love means no matter how he or she is insulted, injured, wronged, or slandered, a true Christian, true Christian, will never hate nor allow bitterness into their heart. No matter how much they are slandered, wronged, injured, insulted, a true Christian at the heart will never hate. They will overcome that. They know that is the Christian warfare to overcome the wicked one and use good to overcome evil. One of the most powerful statements I heard that explains, if I, when I read it, I said, this must be the meaning of this scripture. When your ways please the Lord, even your enemies will be at what? Peace with you. It was Abraham Lincoln who was accused of treating his political opponents with too much courtesy and kindness. And when it was pointed out to him that it was his business to destroy them, he answered, do I not destroy my enemies by making them friends? That's powerful. Which means that you have destroyed an enemy if you've turned an enemy into an ally. Do you get what I was saying? That if a man's ways please the Lord, even his enemies will be at what? Peace with him. That I've indeed destroyed my enemy by turning my enemy through my behavior towards him as now a friend. Not this African gospel we preach where the fire must destroy your enemies and all of that. All right? Jesus never taught that kind of gospel there. So walking in love, I want to show you this. Listen, listen to what I'm about to say to you. I'm taking off my glasses, so I see you eyeball to eyeball. Because it's a profound statement. Walking in love puts you in a special place in God's heart. Let me repeat what I say. God loves everybody. Agape. But when you walk in love to his own creatures, you have a special place. And I'll show this in the heart of God, and he treats you. You see, because even in agape, there is discernment. You don't cast your pals before the swines, and you don't give holy things to dogs. Are you following what I'm saying? Okay. God causes rain to fall upon the unthankful and to fall upon the ungrateful, but he doesn't give his pals to swines, neither does he give holy things, which means the precious things are reserved for those, he will not pour new wine into old wine skins. Because if he gives it there, that person, there is discernment in love. You don't put a office in a place of authority lest they get lifted up. So God treats, and I want to I show this here. Uh, there is a, form, a favor that comes upon you when you walk in agape and he treats you. The treatment is different. It's that kind of treatment that God said when he wanted to go and judge Sodom and Gomorrah. And he said, shall I do this thing without informing my man, Abraham? In other words, God wants to do something on the earth. And you just know that you know, all right, that uh, uh, you just know that something is coming you may not, which means... That person always has, I want to show this, insider information. 
even when they, they are not conscious of it, God shows them things. Are you walking in love? That's why the Bible tells us that, you know, these things which no man's eye has seen, ear heard, nor heart conceived, God has prepared for them that love him. He didn't say for those he loves. Now he's now talking about them that love him. Reverend Mark Hankins in his leadership training, I was, uh, saw it on the internet. He said, there are some places you get to because you, put tr- you, because you trust God. But there are other places that you cannot access until God trusts you. So when God trusts you, and we don't have time, but that's what Jesus was saying. He said, where I'm going now, he said, you can't come. He said, this place I'm going to, he said, you can't follow me through this place. He said, look, my friend, he said, but when I'm gone and I'm raised from dead, he said, then you will be able to. Peter said, God, I'm telling you, Jesus, I'm telling you this. Wherever you're going, I will follow you. Jesus said, this place here, this place, offense will catch you. He said, this work, you will get offended. He said, you will, the cock will not have crowed three times when you will have denied me thrice. The cock will not have crowed when you will have denied me thrice. Which means well, you can't come here. It takes agape here, functioning in your heart, to be able to operate right here. So there's a special place in the heart of God. Let me show you. All right? Put special things. Unusual things, all right, begin to start happening with revelation and with insight. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18, I believe, all right, it tells us that we may be, of verse 17, that we may be, verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your heart, that you may be rooted and grounded in love, which is agape. And then it says you may be able to comprehend with all the saints. What is the breath? That breath we are talking about means an expanse there, which means it's not just to your own, but it has, there's breath right there, which means it covers even enemies. There's breath in that particular love. There's depth, there's height. It says, and to know the love of Christ which passes all understanding that you might be filled with the fullness of God. Then it tells us verse uh, 20. Now, when you are operating in love unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above what you can ask or think according, which means you get into this flow here where in your life God is now able to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think. So let's see this, the special place you have. All right, John chapter 5, verse 7. John chapter 5, verse, uh, all right, 7. Now, the important man, this was a man who was by the water, uh, said unto Jesus, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I'm coming, another stepped down before me. Verse 8, Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. Now, please understand what's going on here, okay? There are a lot of people there that were sick, that were by the water and by the pool. A lot of people were there. And Jesus just walks up to one man, one person. He says, will thou be made whole? And the man began to help him. He said, all right, I have nobody to push me into the pool. And he said, I asked you, will you be one? He said, yeah, all right. All right, take up your bed. And Jesus left. Now, how did Jesus just know to go to that one person? Was, how did he just know to go to that one person? Okay? I mean, we can say in general terms. Now, we are getting now into, into, into specific. You can say in general terms, God wants to heal people. But Reinhard Bonke said this. This is what I'm talking about. Reinhard Bonke said this. He said he realized, he got here. He realized that when he gets into his meeting, having practiced laying, I mean, he's going to be with Lord, in his crusades, he found out that there is one person in that meeting. 
There's one person that if you know who that person is and that person gets their healing, they, they unlock the healing anointing into the whole of the all right, atmosphere there. And that you can pray for 99. If you don't pray for that one, the thing does. But if you get to that one there, it does. So he discerns who that one is and goes first to that person and unlocks it. That you can't see in general terms. You must discern. All right? There was a man during the healing revival who, who that's in the 60s, um, there were three people who were ranked, had, had the highest healing anointing. Dr. Roberts, one other fellow, I don't want to mention his name. All right? And this other man, I think Reverend William Hayes. And he will come into his meetings and he will say, God told me before the meeting starts, 75 people will be healed. And then he starts calling people word of knowledge. Once he gets to 75, he'll say, every other person come tomorrow, God said 75. Now, you may hear that, you may not hear that. You may pray after 75, but you'll just see that those other ones are not getting healed. Because, now, what I'm trying to tell you, you have that place where you start knowing things by God. I'm not saying you are behaving like you are special. If you behave like you're special, you're not special, you embarrass yourself, we profess you. I'm saying you actually, all right, know it. Uh -huh. So John chapter 5, yeah, verse 7, yeah, it says this. So, verse 8, quickly, all right? And Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. Verse 9. Immediately he ran, made his bed, walked, and went. Verse 10, all right, the Bible says, therefore, he said it was good. It was, it was Sabbath day. It's not love for you to carry your bed. And then verse 11, Jesus answered and said to him, he that made me whole said I should take up my bed. Then we go to verse 16. I want to say something here. Verse 16. Therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. Verse 17. But Jesus said, my father, listen to what he says here, walketh hitherto, and I walk. Verse 18. He said, therefore, the Jews sought to kill him because not only had he had broken the Sabbath, Sabbath, he had broken the Sabbath, he also said God was his father, making himself equal with God. Verse 19, Jesus said, verily I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself but what he seeth the father do. For whatsoever things he doeth, these also doeth the son likewise. Now, here verse 20. For the father loveth the son. That word love there is not agape, it's filio. In other words, the father is a friend of Jesus. Look at what he says. And I'm going to prove this. Look at what he says. Put him. The father, all right, and Jesus are, are now have a close relationship. He says, and showeth him all things that he himself doeth. And it will show him greater works than this that you may marvel. In other words, what he's saying is, the father calls you and says, it's time for us, you know, just to shock people around here. Let me show you how I created this thing. Have you seen it? Go out now in public and do the same. And then you go out and you manifest it. And everybody shouts and says, listen to me, it's the father that taught me this. And then because you have that kind of relationship, things are not hazy. You know, there's hazy revelation. Do you get what I'm saying here? Which means you know about it. So if you go to, let's say you read, um, uh, somebody teaches you. Okay, somebody can teach you um, about a car. And you understand the engineering of a car. And you can speak the English about the engineering of a car. But the car breaks down. All right? You know everything, but you don't, you, you, you can't fix the car. But you are a qualified engineer, but you can't fix 
the car. All right? And then somebody fixes the car and calls you and says, so what happened? Ah. He says, this is how I eat. I can't show you my secrets. Do you get what I'm saying here? But if you are very close to that person, he says, let me show you what happened. When a car starts and you hear that kind of sound, there are three things that can be wrong with it. You check this, you check this, you check this. On this one, look at it in this area. On this one, look at it in this area. On this one, look at it in this area. Okay? Once it's done with this area, just check it and you see this problem and tells you. Next time you go somewhere and that kind of situation happens, you two show up. You two will just come and say, start the car. They start. You two just go, open the bonnet. You do that. Start it now. It's working. How do you know? All right? Somebody showed you. Do you get what I'm saying? So Jesus said, you see all these miracles I'm doing? The father actually showed me. He said, the wind to stop it, this is what you say. To multiply loaves, this is what you do. It takes being a friend of God to get to that level of light. Are you following what I'm saying here? A friend, which means you can come out and say, my business is at 50 million. Folks, in three months and ten days, not that God will bless us. In three months and ten days, this business will be 255,100,000. You say, how do you know? Because the Father has done what? Showed you something that you practice. Then greater works than this shall I do. Because he will do what? Show me greater things. Now, how do we know that? It's that kind of level here. Look, go to John chapter 15, verse 10 to 15. Now, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I've kept my father's commandments and abode in his love. These things I've spoken unto you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy might be full. Verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. That's a gap there. Greater love hath no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. Verse 14. You are my friends. If you do whatsoever I do, what? Command you. Now, what's the commandment? Verse 12. He said, verse 12 here, this is my commandment that you do what? Love one another even as I've loved you. Verse 14, he now said, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Now, verse 15, he said, henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I've called you friends, for all things that I've heard of my father, I have done what? Made known unto you. Now he was saying, if you walk in love as I've loved you, which means I first of all loved you, I didn't call you a friend. But if you now walk in love as I have loved you, you come into that friendly anointing. In that friendly anointing, it is a place of revelation. You see it here again. That what the father has told me in secret, I will teach you these things, all right, and you will come to understand these things. This is why you are, that's why the Bible says, he that hated his brother is in darkness. He that walks in love is in the light. Listen, all right, the rewards of walking in love, the rewards of overriding that emotion to make sure you forgive a person, 
the rewards of being sincere with other people in your treatment, the rewards here is that you are going to enter into that world of revelation and supernatural insight. It is what God said, all right, about Moses in, in Exodus chapter 33 and verse 11. Look at the friendly anointing. It says here, And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his word, friend. Which means it was a face to face conversation. And he referred to that when Aaron and Miriam rose up against Moses in Numbers chapter 12 and verse 6. All right, when they said Moses had married the wrong person and they were angry, he said, Hear now, if there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision. I will speak to him in a dream. All right, but my servant Moses is not so. Who is faithful in my house? Verse 8, with him I will speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches. And the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore, were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? In other words, a friend of God has access into deeper parts of God in worship than just a general person. Because if a good friend comes into your house that you trust, you give him access to places that you will not give a normal person access to. That's friendly anointing that comes in. And that's why the Bible tells us about Abraham. All right, let's see in James chapter 2, verse 23. The Bible says that Abraham believed God and he was counted unto him for righteousness. And the Bible says, and he was called the friend of God. There is what is called a friendly anointing. Which means, and shows itself in disclosure. God begins to disclose. God will show that person now that go and buy, I mean, there's, there's something I was watching on YouTube, somebody was selling property there, massive property, and the, the, the Lekke Road goes through it, the, the coastal road goes by it. I mean, it is now strategic. They asked the man, when did you buy this? He said, I bought it 23 years ago. How much did you use to buy all this land that you are turning into an estate, 900,000 Naira? So there is a place now you can buy today for, quote-unquote, 900,000 naira that will become what you leave for your children and children and children's children. Are you following what I'm saying here? And that God knows that this particular spot, in fact, he knows that there, is, there, is, there are treasures, all right, or he even knows that in, in 10 years they will change the law in the country and private property, and if they find anything on private property, the government won't just be able to confiscate it. They have to pay you. So he leads you to go and buy some land in a bush, not knowing that inside that land there are diamonds and all of that. By the time they find out, you have, you have, you, you can't, do you get what I'm saying? That's what is called the friendly what? Anointing. It's not just general, that the Greek says this and the Hebrew says this. This is the anointing that a friend has. And you get to that kind of level of fellowship with God, all right, based on the fact that you are interacting with him, you are walking in love, you are overcoming, all right, your emotions there in terms of unforgiveness. All those things lead to this particular place where you begin to flow with God on that particular level. So, this is what the love of God is. There are massive rewards, 
all right, for the love of God. When we walk in that love, when we practice that love, every time you override your emotions, all right, to seek out the highest good of others, to demonstrate goodwill towards them, the Father takes note of this. It leads to things in your life. That's why Ruth, she, she, she could have been offended in what she had experienced in life. That's why Jesus said, this place I'm going to, you're unable to follow me. You'll be offended. I mean, people easily get you got married, all right, to, to someone. The, the, the husband died, all right. The father-in-law died. This person died here. And then they are going back now. Uh, all right, then they are telling you that they miss God and they are going back to their own land. And all right. You can be offended in God, offended in everything and just walk away. But for Ruth still to have followed through, which means you are living a life that is free of offense before God and even before man. You experience things that you are disappointed, but it doesn't change your attitude towards people. You don't come into the office because you know, I didn't get a promotion or something didn't work. And then you are throwing tantrums and your mood changes. And you know, you are trying to behave in a certain way. And that's offense that is manifested. That's what Jesus said. He said, look, my friend, if you want to get to some places, he said, are you sure you'll be able to walk through with me into these places here? Because these are places here of high sacrifice are places people that get into this kind of things there they lay down their life there they follow through they walk in obedience all right to that commandment of love there even when they are caught deep they still respond to that love and it says those people enter into things that are exceedingly abundantly above what anybody can ask or think. Even when they have their own pressing personal needs, they are still paying attention to other people. Joseph was treated wrongly in his family. And then he got into the workplace, he was lied on, found himself in prison, but still had a buoyant spirit, still was thinking about other people that were cast down, which means Joseph wasn't cast down. He wasn't offended in God. He, he didn't, I mean, those are deep. He walked through that. God says, now we can, you now, all right, I've got to a place where I can trust you now with the treasures that I have. And you can come into this place of what is called this friendly anointed here where I can show you things. And when he shows you these things, let me tell you, only you among around people will see it. When I say only you will see it, I'm telling you that in the generality of the Logos, if you read the Logos, you will say that this is what God wants. Those who know, know that it's just like when you read it, and because you're reading it, and the letter of it, the law states that nobody should eat anything inside the children. But David, that, that, they, that had the friendly anointing, knew God, entered and said, we are hungry, and began to eat the stuff. And they said, why didn't God judge? Because they know something, all right? That's the kind of thing David had, that he could prophesy about priesthood of Melchizedek. This is not general. This is not even what you go out and, uh, and you start saying publicly. 
because if you start saying it publicly, uh, God can't trust you. He gives you information. It is not for you, all right, to go and show that you know what other people don't know, all right, is to be used in other ways. Sometimes you're supposed to pray about it. Sometimes you're supposed to execute upon it. But you are operating in a place where even the generality of people don't have that kind of information. You are conscious of the fact that they don't have that kind of information, yet you are humble, yet you are, That's what Paul was saying when he said that I might not be exalted above measure because the kind of revelation that I had, he saw that it wasn't common with people and he started, and he said a messenger of Satan was sent to buffet me, but you could see his attitude. He said, I needed humility in my life. That's why this kind of thing came and I appreciate God's dealings with me in terms of me getting to a place where I had to humble myself because those kind of things, if God shows you, all right? And you get to know it. Every time you start, you might behave, you might think that you are the second Messiah that is to come. Are you following me? All right? You are now the Pope of the body of Christ or the, the, the Archbishop of the whole of the Pentecostal movement and everybody must be under you. Oh, are you from Senior? Because of that kind of thing. So God takes you through things where you, the love of God is perfected in you, but it starts with you walking in love. First action of love, walking in forgiveness to people, overriding this emotion. Christianity is not about just who we're emotionally connected with there. All right? It goes beyond that, which means that even if you treat me this way, Okay, I'm going to respond in this particular way to you. If you treat me that way, I'm going to respond in this way. Or else you will not be able to hold anything together. See, let me close by saying this. I grew up in, when I, in Baden. There was somebody now. Let me just hide it because this goes everywhere. But there was somebody in Baden who had a very fast-growing ministry. And this person wasn't that they had a church. It was just a ministry. And people were coming from everywhere. And one day, I went there with my friend, and he used to volunteer. And this person just started shouting, ah, can't I even eat? How about, and, I, and I realized that, you know, you know, this person was blessed beyond their level of maturity, all right, and, and could not hold together with the acts of love, all right? You couldn't hold that. There was two, and, and when I saw the person years later, maybe about 20, or 25 years later, the site wasn't good. In fact, the person was literally begging, begging this friend of mine for money. Okay? Was begging the person for money. And I just remembered what I saw back there. And, you know, it is not good to be blessed without being mature to handle the blessing. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? It's, 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 you, that's why the Bible says that the latter state will be worse than the, than the former. And that's why God takes you through things with people because he wants you to practice and mature to forgive people to exercise this because he knows what he has in store and says don't die in the process don't abort the destiny that i have with you don't get offended in anyone practice this love you will grow within your soul god will be glorified in you in fact there's a scripture i thought i'll get to it it says once god this is how we jesus said it he says once god is glorified in you immediately god will glorify you in other words once he has glorified himself in you in the word he used was immediately he said immediately god will start showing you forth on the earth that you have allowed his nature to show forth in and through you to other people. He says, then, I'll just begin, all right, to glorify. So we can't fail the test. 
all right, the love test, and then want to. Yes, you may ask for things. And God says, oh, you want this, I'll give it to you, you want that. But when we get to the exceeding above, when we get to this friendly anointing, when we get to this place of revelation, when we get to this place of knowing, all right, it's reserved for those who practice and obey his commandments concerning love. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. I ask by the power of the Spirit that anybody under the sound of my voice uh, going through anything at this moment where this love, it's a love test within their lives. Grant them the inner strength. Cause that love to abound within their heart yet more and more. That they may make that right decision. Override that temporal emotion and seek the highest good of the people involved. Speak well of them. Pray for them. Do good unto them. And cause the fullness of your blessing to manifest within their life. For in every single situation, we know there's a good and perfect gift you have reserved for those who will be in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen.